Sorted Digital Ramblings Podcast, brought to you by Click Through Marketing. Hello and welcome if it's your first time listening or welcome back if you're returning for more rumbles. This is the Sorted Digital Ramblings Podcast by Click Through Marketing, a monthly hour-long listen on marketing, people and agency life aimed at making marketing accessible to whoever may be listening. I'm Chris and as always I'm joined by my co-host Liv who is today from her car. How are you Liv? <laughs> I'm, good. I'm good thank you, how are you? <laughs> Very well. Do you want to explain why you're recording this in your car? Yeah, so basically, um, because I'm really, really professional, I'll just record it from my room usually, but we're having uh, extension work, an extension, not extension work, we're having an extension on the back of the house, and the builders are just being unnecessarily loud, and I've got a whisper because one of them is in front of me. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) I did try and go into the further through way of the house, but I don't live in a mansion, so it's still quite close. (laughs) Then I had to relocate to my car, but it also gives me a nice little segue to say I've got a new car. A new car, haven't you? Yeah, you've got a posh new car. Treated myself, honestly, the payout from this podcast is just too much. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a paid for sponsorship, Liv? Is that what you're telling us? Yeah. Just to put hashtag ads at the end of this bit, just to let everyone know. (laughs) Yeah. It's got stickers all on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah. Um, What have you been up to, Chris? not much you know i was trying to i was trying to think just before this but not much other than normal life i don't think um yeah how about you do you know what? i've just been traveling the world been to london been to brighton just been living it up this, but that's about it really this not is, as exciting as last time this is pretty young kids life isn't it i'd uh, i envy those easy weekends away oh, it's an expensive life I want to. I just want to get to like fifty. Already, <laughs> so I just have money. Just want to get to fifty. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fair yeah. And um, is the builder still in front of your car? Yeah, he is. Beep, to be fair, beat the horn. Go I'm on. Not, no. Okay. No. <laughs> no. He's um. He's really good looking. So his name's Mitch. I'm not. Hopefully, he doesn't listen to this. I don't think he will. <laughs> he's got, me and my mum call him Sexy Mitch. Is he? Um, is he better than Sexy Adam next door? He's 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 really nice. Unfortunately, he's got he's married with two children, but um, he's you know doesn't stop looking, doesn't stop looking. He's a nice man. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I need to stop. Always, I'm going to get hot flustered in the car. Um, We've got an amazing guest on today. Um, Hello, Debbie. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. I'm smiling already. Listening to your introductions to the weeks you've had. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's. Um, I feel like this has been quite a quite a weird introduction, really. Normally, we have like a few stories to tell, but the only story that I can focus on at the minute is how I want to marry Mitch. So, <laughs> um, um, do you want to give us give a little brief introduction about what you do, who you are, and any hobbies? I don't who know. I am. <laughs> right. Okay. Who I am? I'm Debbie. I'm head of operations and HR at Click Through. Uh, what do I do? I do. I look after people, everything from the person's life cycle, from recruitment, onboarding, payroll, always my number one priority, Uh, looking after policies, anything legal, compliance, disciplinaries, benefits and rewards, growth, learning opportunities, well-being, Um, as well as that bit for people. I also do IT, everybody's favourite, bit of finance, compliance, budget management, software, HubSpot, data. Um, The only thing that they don't let me loose on is clients. And calling it a person's life cycle, Debbie, makes it sound like the only way out of click-through is death. (laughs) That's what we're aiming for, Chris. That's what we're aiming for. We want the people to stay forever. Yeah, okay. Um, And I, I don't think I realised until I started working with you a bit more closely, Debbie, how much you do. Like all, the, all the unglamorous stuff that keeps people like me and Liv just doing our jobs without any hassle, isn't it? That's it. It's all the stuff that nobody else sees. And if it works, then I get no complaints. If it doesn't, then I do. Um, yeah, it's everything that enables everybody in the teams to deliver 
what the clients are looking for and keep them happy. And, um, and you do a smashing job. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I you have to say that. As as... We didn't give Olivia a pay raise to get her new car. In fact, last week I offered to give her a pay reduction. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I, I can't imagine you took W upon that offer, Liv, no. No, definitely not. No. Definitely not. Fair enough. I said then, we must have been paying her too much. Well, I know, rolling around in Mercedes. We found yeah. out now it's Ooh. it's a sponsorship, isn't it? That's why. She's expensing it as a recording studio. That's how she's got away with it, Debbie. Check the expense <laughs> policy on that. We paid for her car and her extension. We clearly are paying too much. There we go. And um, so, Debbie, we ask this to everybody, but what would your... We normally ask it about digital marketing, but technically you're not in digital marketing. What would your dream career be outside of... HR and an ops? My dream career. Um, for a long time, I wanted to be a Blue Peter presenter. I could see you doing that, yeah. Yeah, that doing yeah, everything. It, there's a theme, I think, that runs mm. through it. But I would have loved to have gone into television. Um, I think that just felt like a natural place to be in terms of communication, talking, which I enjoy doing a lot, um, <laughs> something TV-related. If I hadn't made it to Blue Peter, I would have survived. There would have been something else. Did you ever, as a youth, take any steps towards a career in TV? Did you ever actively pursue it? Um, other than following Philip Schofield avidly for years, no. But I did, years ago, have a like screen test but it would have been a radio test to be a radio presenter for a local radio station i think i was probably 17 at the point in time and mm. i was probably a bit young but wishful thinking and i went along and had a go nice um what do you mean by followed philip schofield closely because obviously social i feel like social media wasn't as big that, like that's why she's got a restraining so, order, Liv. Yeah, got you. that's okay, it. Cool. Going back in the days before your time, Olivia, you bought magazines like Smash Hits and Just uh, Seventeen, um, and you cut out every picture, every article. Um, you you joined the. I don't think he had a fan club. Uh, you watched the TV programs. You videoed the TV programs, and I still have all of that stuff in a box at home because that's part of my youth, and I can't throw it away. The hours I spent on that. Love that. And um, Love that, have I ever told you both I've been on telly? Oh God! Do you what, know this? Doing what? Crime watch. <laughs> Watchdogs. <laughs> What's in there? <laughs> Not at all. I was on. Um, I mean, this is going back. I was in year five. So how old are you in year five? I can't remember. Nine or something. Ten? Not, yeah. Okay. Non-ten, yeah. So in year five, um, Channel 4 came and did... You know, like they used to do those daytime schools programmes. We did one of those in our class called All Around Us. It's on YouTube, I think, but I'm not going to send you a link. I'm only... They had cameras in that day. No, no, it was all done by... They just drew pictures of us and did it like a flick book, because that's how long it goes. <laughs> no, it's black and white. <laughs> black and white, yeah. Black and white flick book. Um, talking about our environment, so there you go. I am one step closer to a career in TV than Debbie, whose aspiration it is. I think oh, I was on it for a grand total you. of about six seconds. That's how... Um, that's how fair, captivating that's I was on the cameras. I think I may have managed slightly more than that. I have been on the television... Oh, go Have on. you? Yeah, once went to see So Graham Norton when he was on Channel 4 on a Thursday night recording and was sat in the audience and he got up and walked into the audience to ask questions about what they were doing that weekend, as always happened, and it was me that he came to ask. And oh that God. is not what on YouTube. I was going to a wedding. Nice. Love it. And it's not on YouTube because I regularly look for it just in case it is and it's not. <laughs> so I also have a VHS of that at home somewhere in a box. Wow. Love it. I mean, not to top anyone, but I've also been on television. Um, year six, 2012 uh, Olympic Games. And my primary school had a swimming pool. Um, and when I say swimming pool, it was probably the size of an A4 sheet of paper. It was tiny. Um, and... Yeah, the, like be, I don't, I don't know if it was BBC or Sky, but they came and they were just like saying like all the schools are doing these activities for for like Olympics and to celebrate the Olympics. So they got they got me swimming in the pool. 
it probably was for about two seconds because I can't swim very well, so it probably <laughs> just sort of like panda grass. Um, but this is like sort of on the subject, but not on the subject. We also did an Olympics-themed musical in year six, and I was the main character, obviously. I was the runner, and we had to sing a song, and it went, I want to race at the glorious games. Achieve <laughs> place at the glorious games. That's on YouTube, so... That's on YouTube. Anyone wants to watch that, let me know. Uh, yes, please, we'll definitely have that link. Um, yeah. Before we move on, Debbie, we've probably got to talk about the news we got at the back end of last week, haven't we? Best companies. Absolutely. I don't want to talk about anything else. Go on, tell us all about it. What happened? So, uh, January this year, our employees kindly filled in a survey um, where we hear their voice. Um, the data all goes into best companies. There's lots of stuff that will come off the back of it, which we may cover. I'm guessing you'll have some other questions about this. But they held this phenomenal online awards ceremony on Friday with Dan Walker from Media City in Manchester and awards were given out and there are different categories based off services, locations and in the National League and we were already earmarked as one to watch which was just a great accolade to have but also on Friday we came in 20th in best for business services 46 out of 50 in the West Midlands regionals for small best businesses to work for and in at 67th in the National League table for small businesses to work for. So I can't even get the words out, as you may have noticed. They're all just morphing into one, but three phenomenal best companies awards, which just make me so happy. There we go. So that's a good way to kick off. It shows you must be doing something right in HR. So there we go. So it's, so it's probably worth kicking off with that. that thanks, um, Chris. I must be doing something right <laughs> in HR. Appreciate that. That's okay. <laughs> um, so as an introduction, tell us what exactly is HR? What would someone looking to work in HR be required to do? Um, it's popular culture seems to have turned HR into the bad guys sometimes, haven't they? Um, that you get sent to if you've done something wrong. But this isn't the case, is it? No. And you know how I feel about that bad guys label. Um, I think the fact it gets used is a real disservice to everybody who was working HR. Um, HR is quite invisible, quite often, unless something does go wrong. Uh, but I think superheroes um, in invisible cloaks is probably a good way of describing us. We provide so much support to people. It's a really diverse role. It's ever changing. It's hugely rewarding. But it does have some challenging situations that have to be dealt with. Um, we're not the bad guys, but we are the people that end up having to follow the processes and maybe make the tough decisions and follow those actions through. HR's not for everyone. If you don't like a day that gets curved balls thrown at you all the time and you like a nice routine and structure, don't do HR. The joy of dealing with people is it's many and varied and you just never know day to day what's going to land on your desk um and that's why i enjoy it and it's not the bad things there's so much good stuff that happens but people don't always see it mm. and um we do there's been a few instances hasn't there where we've we've done good things for people but due to the nature of it we, we don't publicize it we don't talk about it do you find that fulfilling or frustrating or both because it'd be great to be able to tell everyone oh we've done this for this person to to support them but obviously it totally goes against confidentiality so yeah how do you find that um gosh that's a long question uh, it is both frustrating and rewarding it's rewarding in terms of making a difference being able to provide care and consideration and enable somebody to make whatever changes need to happen or for things to be changed for them to make life better but as you've alluded to there a lot of the stuff that I deal with is confidential and people don't see it if you're not the person receiving that support and that care mm. you don't know what's happened I was thinking before we came on to this about some of the stuff that I've done that perhaps I could mention and I think the fact that things are confidential is a huge support to people. Um, they can come to us and know that whatever life has thrown at them, in work or out of work, we'll deal with it, we'll support and signpost them. Um, some people will do regular check-ins with, keeping in contact. We, I do lots of listening 
Um, sometimes I make people laugh. Sometimes I make people cry, which is always the worst to happen, uh, which is often when you ring somebody to ask how they are and they burst into tears and you go, I made the right call by ringing you today. We've, we've supported employees through all sorts of things. Some of them sound major and some of them are minor, but to that individual at that point in time, they are all major and they all need to be listened to. Um, some good stuff we've done in the past have been charity fundraisers for the local hospice. We've done quizzes to support charities that our employees have been affected by. And we'll always listen to what our employees want us to do. Um, but yeah, lots I can't talk about. So that does make it frustrating, mm. but actually it is hugely rewarding yeah. to see a positive impact at the end. Cool. One thing I think that is really noticeable, though, like coming from a big agency to a little agency, is the absolute humongous impact a really, really good HR team has because the culture... I feel like, yeah, it's got to do with like individual teams and like the heads of there, but mainly it's to do with you guys and sort of like the, the processes that you've put in place above everything. And I just feel like, I know this isn't like a click through, like talking about how great through click through is, but like working at click through is just so happy. And like, I don't, I don't feel like there's a nasty day where like I think, oh, I wish that didn't happen or I wish that didn't happen. And I feel like that's mainly down to yourself, Debbie, Vic, and sort of like the rest of the HR team and everyone else in management, which is really, really amazing. So thank you. Well done. <laughs> no do, you, do you think you'd be cut out to be a HR person, Liv? Do you reckon you've got the... Oh, my God. No, I'm too much of a gossip. <laughs> I'm like, I really, really am. Confidentiality absolutely out the window. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I, do you know what? I think in an ideal world, if I was a lovely person, I would really love it and i think it it must be really 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 rewarding but i feel like i just couldn't handle the the bad stuff which you do have to deal with don't you so i just think i'd either take it to heart or i'd have to tell people not necessarily in work but like out of work and be like you never guess what happened today so yeah not for me right mental note chris if olivia replies to hr it'll be a no on cv so, yeah no. an instant no um but you're raising an, an, an interesting point earlier do you feel like if and this is for you debbie do you feel like you've had to develop a thick skin as you've as you've moved into hr you have to deal with a lot of not a lot but sometimes you have to deal with the not so nice stuff as well don't you and it's never it's Gosh. never it never gets easier or nicer having those conversations does it no, I think not so much a thick skin, but I think being well-researched, considered, always thinking about the person at the root of what you're doing means that you will always treat people fairly. And if you can come away from a difficult situation, one of those challenging conversations and think, actually, that employee was respected, they were listened to, we dealt with them fairly, although they may not like the outcome and it could have been a challenging conversation, that's a positive outcome you know, make mm -hmm. the best of a bad situation. COVID really taught me that. There were messages that I had to share with the business that were coming down from the government that were decisions that were being made. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean we all like them, but they're the ones that we have to follow and abide by and make the best of them. And, yeah, I'm not sure it's a thick skin you have to have, but I think you just have to have confidence in what you're doing mm. and know in your heart that it was the right thing and handled well. Brilliant. We've already strayed massively off uh, off topic. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so let, let's go back to the start. How did you um, how did you get into HR? What were you, what were your past experiences that that led you to this role? Well, obviously, it was when I was a shoe shop assistant at the age of fifteen. That's where it all started. So it all began. Um, you thought? Yeah, that was it. No, I started off in retail. Got a job, loved it, um, then moved into management in retail and boy did that throw up a few challenges in a very short space of time when I was also quite young, but I really enjoyed it. I moved into a training role, a um, bit more retail and then chose to step out of retail and moved into recruitment and ended up in recruitment for 14 years, which is dealing with people day in, day out, but mm. probably at a really nice point in their life. Um, they're looking to make a career change. They're looking to move employer, understanding what's driven that change, finding the right opportunity for them. Um, I've always felt that recruitment is a little bit undervalued. 
what happens is you have the opportunity to help somebody make a career change which makes a life change and you really Mm. need to understand people and their motivators there um so i've done agency i've done in-house different locations and then came to click through initially in a role working closely with sales and marketing and i think phil our ceo took a bit of a chance on me um because it wasn't something i'd done before and i came in and i loved it hence my passion for data that i mentioned right at the beginning and managing things like hubspot and then my role just grew within the business um opportunities came up to take on extra responsibility i've taken on everything that's been thrown at me and then about two and a half years ago the opportunity to permanently step into the hr role with the operations element came up and i'm pretty certain i said to phil i only want to do the good hr don't give me any of the bad hr (laughs) yeah i wasn't able to hold him to that but that's sort of how i've come to be here today and it is hugely rewarding i like doing all the good stuff the well-being the rewards the incentives celebrating people's achievements um the other stuff is part of the cause amazing what so i know we've gone over sort of like how you help everyone and sort of like a few of the nasty things as well but what is your favorite part of your job and and doing everything within it favorite part making a difference and it doesn't have to be a big thing um the smallest things can have the biggest impact and i think that's what i've learned um and i think learning new skills listening is a skill that i've really had to develop ask a good question and then just listen to the answer and that will give you everything that you need to know. Definitely. Do you think, like, I know that we've talked about how, um, like, HR is seen as, like, the bad guys, but do you think that there's, like, a stereotypical HR figure? And do you think that you, like, are the opposite of that? Because I do. I think that you're, like, like, you know how you get, like, cool moms and, like, not cool moms. I feel like you'd be a cool mom of <laughs> HR. <laughs> Um, I think HR, it used to be personnel, it's moving to people. I think it's changing. What this function does within any business has changed and evolved. It's had to. Um, If you go back to when I started off my career, you got paid and you got a discount in the shop and that was your employee benefit and you were very happy with it. I think employees now, quite rightly, look for more from employers and that's why HR has rewards and benefits teams it provides so much more and I think it's right it does that am I archetypal HR not of the people I've worked with in HR in the past that I'd had dealings with but I do it my way that sounds like there should be a song in there for you to sing Liv um I think you provide what everybody needs at that point in time. So much has changed over the last couple of years in me doing this role that in terms of things like employee benefits, what we had two years ago doesn't necessarily match what we need now. And you've got to listen. Um, Thank you for for suggesting I might be cool. My teenage daughter will be mortified to hear that (laughs) because no teenager has a cool mom, um, let alone a cool mom that works in HR. Um, you got evidence now. You can play this through and say, look, I've got proof. Yeah. I'm not too far away from being a teenager, so I feel like I've got, you know, it's sort of valid. It's still oh, down a couple of kids. her friends, A couple of her friends think I'm quite cool, which offends her greatly. <laughs> um, I oh, feel like you'd be a cool mom. <laughs> <laughs> and we've, we've talked about the, the, the bits you enjoy. Are there any situations you struggle with or is there anything that's perhaps hit you harder than you'd have expected? Those are the things I can't talk about. I think that are things that employees share with you um, that sometimes require me to go away and live that value of relentless learning by Googling mm. things. Um, things get presented to me that I haven't encountered or haven't known about from any life experience before. So I'm a great one for Googling it and going away and seeing what I can learn to support and share with them. Um, I keep my sanity probably by walking my dog. Um, I think my WhatsApp status says normally found in a field with my dog, which is very true. Um, And that for me is the way that I deal with some of the things that I get exposed to. Um, And Bailey's had a lot of difficult conversations with you, right? Bailey (laughs) has. 
yeah if I need to work something through or I'm struggling with how to have that conversation or what wording sounds right um quite often I'll be walking around a field and you know my dog's running off collecting balls and stones and sticks and I'm just talking at him um he's great because he doesn't answer back he doesn't give me any lip um so I have to envisage what the challenge would be if he were you know an employee in a difficult situation um but yeah it's there's nothing that springs to mind I think in the moment there's lots of stuff that does have an emotional impact um you know and feedback from employees is probably the thing I struggle most with um if perhaps people don't see what we're doing or challenge the way we've done something or haven't seen that things came from a good place I take that very personally Mm. um you know when people say that they'd like to like morph into someone for the day I'd love to turn into Bailey for the day (laughs) And it wouldn't be to find out the gossip from HR. It would just be to see, like, if someone walked past you in the field and you were just going, Bailey, I just don't know what to say to Olivia Green today. And <laughs> <laughs> just walking past like, what? You'll be pleased to know that I don't do it when there's people around. I've got a massive okay, field because it's my house. <laughs> and I, I certainly don't do it when it's in earshot of anybody. <laughs> If you were to become Bailey for the day, you'd spend most of the day sleeping as well. Oh, God, please. Sounds ideal. (laughs) (laughs) And then, okay, big question for you here, Debbie. What what would you say the most impactful thing you've ever done for someone or for the agency as a whole is? Because I'm conscious you might not be able to talk about individuals. Um, And do you think other employers would do that? Oh, um, there's... There's one employee um, in particular who I think, uh, talking very top level, we have given huge amount of support to. I personally have worked with them very closely on challenges in life. And I know from them and the feedback they give that they probably wouldn't still be at click through if it wasn't for the level of support that we'd offered. Um, I haven't offered it Mm -hmm. because we wanted to retain them. I've offered it because they really needed that backup and somebody in their corner. And it was the right thing to do. And I do it over and over and again for anybody. Um, We had an employee um, whose husband sadly passed of terminal brain cancer. Um, He developed a tumour and, you know, it was a very quick deterioration. And we were able to offer support and lots over and above what might be written in an employee handbook for that individual because you can't Mm. write a policy you can't write something in an employee handbook for every eventuality you deal with that person at the time and I think the way that we supported that employee I'm really proud of that they came back um, we did fundraising for them um And actually, also, lots of that learning, they were in a situation that they'd not been in before. So I went away and did lots of research and found lots of contact details and put them in touch with lots of people who could help them with things like collecting the right benefits. You know, at that point in time, their brain wasn't able to to process that. Their focus was elsewhere. So I could put them in contact with people who could help them. Um, That was a really significant moment for me. I'm very proud of what we achieved there. In terms of what I do at Click Through for everybody else, I think I'm just me. Um, we got a set of values at Click Through. I'm sure they've been discussed on previous podcasts, so I won't labour them. But I think I work really hard to envisage, envisage, no, live those for everybody and embody them. Um, because I think people look to me to say, well, does Debbie behave like that? Is Debbie setting a good example? Um, and I really hope that they think I am. And I think I just bring me to it um, wherever I've been before. Um, it's just the Debbie way of doing things. I think, Liv, we're just going to have to pretend we've talked about the values before. Have so you not talked about the yeah. values before? That's shocking, no, Chris. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> um, so how do you think HR Debbie has changed since you've been at ClickThrough? Um, obviously everything's changing changing around us in sort of like subcultures and cultures and they're always evolving so how do you adapt to it blimey you guys do ask big long wordy questions i'm trying to listen to all the component parts (laughs) right okay yeah feel sorry for anybody that chris interviews so here's your seven part question (laughs) (laughs) i do do that yeah three a three-part question it's to test people's ability to uh recall their question yeah 
Um, it's not really. I just like to waffle. How has HR Sorry. changed? Um, I think HR hasn't changed. I think HR has evolved as the world has. Um, I think we do a lot more employee listening now. Um, we're also a bigger business, so there's been changes that have to happen as you grow your team. You know, when I came in, there was probably 30, 35 employees. You know, we're pushing 60. We've had sort of nearly up to 70. That requires a step change. You can't provide that personal management service to everybody. You can't know everybody and what's happening. Um, so putting in place processes and communication channels that allow them to have people to talk to, places to go, that's probably one of the biggest change. The benefits we offer has changed. We're always looking and revisiting that based off what people tell us. Um, we've introduced financial well-being long before everybody else did. It was really nice to be ahead of the curve. You know, it's like we knew what was coming in terms of, you know, inflation and all the costs increasing this year because we know that money really matters to people. We've brought in lots of enhanced learning opportunities. It's been great to see everybody from apprentices to our longest serving member of staff have the opportunity to learn and grow. Um, there's lots that's changed, but lots of stuff is fundamentally still the same. It's the same business. It's the same passion. We're still trying to achieve the same. So um, obviously the ability to adapt and change has never been more necessary than during COVID. Um everyone's favorite conversation topic we obviously kept employees at home for for large parts of it um and we all started working from home offices kitchens cars um how did your approach to helping like business ops and and members of staff change during that period like how did your focus have to change so we already had in place a remote working policy, which was an absolute godsend because it meant that when we all went to lockdown, we got something in place, a process in place to, to guide people. Um, that was probably a fundamental thing that we didn't have that difficult transition. Lots of companies did. Um, everybody working from home, it really meant we had to step up the comms. So there were people who took on board uh, creativity and were doing weekly quizzes. We had daily Teams chats. We'd have twice weekly company chats so we could talk to everybody in the business as their leadership team about what was going on, what was impacting us, what Boris and, Rishi, Boris and Rishi's latest announcements had been um, and in terms of engaging employees we sent out cakes um, we sent out fruit we sent out plants to improve people's environment at home and everything always had more than enough in for just them so we were feeding families friends I heard tales of fruit boxes being given to you know basically everybody in the road we tried to keep everybody involved and with those initiatives that we had we kept it local we supported independent businesses because we still want them to be here when everybody got back into the office um there were outreach calls to people on furlough. Teams chats became more creative. I think there was no one thing that worked. We tried lots of things and something worked for everybody. And um, Liv, have you still managed to keep your plant alive? Yeah, it's still going. It's hanging by a thread, but it's still going. <laughs> um, the fruit basket would still be going also if fruit lasted six months because there was a lot of fruit there <laughs> and um but yeah the the the, the plant is still going <laughs> what about it did you get a plant chris i did yeah it's still going strong it's on the kitchen window still now nice. it's doing well we bought hardy plants that are not easy to kill and that purify the air we tried to do the right thing nothing with flowers nothing that needed pruning we know our employees well have you heard of anyone that actually managed to kill it because they do seem pretty robust there are a couple i won't name names but there are a couple of people who have come and fessed up and said debbie my plant's dead yeah am i allowed to I don't worry you know they're like oh i'm like okay don't worry <laughs> i reckon i could guess at least one and i bet he's on your team Liv. um but there we go. Um, obviously, in our case, we now operate a hybrid working policy, as I'm sure a number of our agencies do as well. How do you set and grow culture in a hybrid world? Like, what, what can you do to influence culture when we're not all sat in the office anymore? Uh, 
regular comms, creativity, fun sessions, getting to know you, water cooler events, standing in the kitchen type chats. I think not every Zoom call has to have a structure and an agenda. And those teams Mm. that do well are the teams that create Spotify playlists, get to know people, do quizzes, bring some fun and some personality to their teams. And then their teams just love it and they drive it and the creativity flows and more things come off the back of that. Um, It's hard sometimes to get the whole business approach to that because you've got to cover sometimes very serious things. But, you know, we've we've managed to do that. You've introduced the the chat throughs with the people focus, highly humorous, highly entertaining. And they've really helped people get to know people better to find that common ground. Um, I've spent time just calling people just to check in and have a chat and I know Vic in my team's done the same as well it's just trying to share lots of comms so that we know that one size won't fit all um, we know that what we do won't work for every employee in the business but it might be an email it might be something in the team's chat it might be something that gets talked about in chat through as long as you're doing lots of comms and listening to the feedback that's coming back I think you know, we can all change and hybrid does require that change. It's been a bit of a journey uh, for employees, for clients, the world in general. We've all had to change our expectations. And I think being flexible and never assuming that what works one week will work the next is probably a good approach to take because it does change. And now with that hybrid, we've got the home workers, the remote workers, the sometimes in the office workers, the me that's pretty much always in the office worker. Um, How do we get everybody engaged? Um, I'm not saying we've got it perfect, and I don't think we ever will, but I think there's lots that we do that works for individuals. I think one of the important lessons we learned, wasn't it, was that, what's the phrase, you can please some of the people all the time and all of the people some of the time, is that nothing we were going to do was ever going to... Like, there's things we do, and some people would absolutely love it, wouldn't they? And others are just it wouldn't interest him in the slightest. And we used to kind of beat ourselves up if it wasn't, if everyone didn't love something we did. And I think we kind of learned that actually that's always going to be the case. Yeah. And yeah, and we'll do hard. lots of different things. Yeah, that's been a big learning because you come up with something and you think it's a great idea, you think it's a great scheme and not everybody thinks it is. And I think that realisation, mm. as you've just said, that maybe the majority will like something but they won't like the next thing you've just got to be flexible as well in your approach and move on to the next thing but that's also part of that cultural change at scale as we grow you know we've had leavers we've had joiners so our cohort of people has changed the people that are at Mm. click through now are not necessarily the same employees that were all here at the beginning they like different things different things drive and motivate them they're inspired by different things they've got different colleagues they've got different work relationships it just never stays the same and um are there any other things that you've had to to consider from and think about from a different perspective now we've moved to hybrid. Well, IT, but nobody wants me to talk about IT security. We on a do, podcast. we do. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't live. If everybody's laptop works, then they're happy, except for you that obviously got electrified by I did. yours. Who knows what you were I doing d- to d- it? I wasn't doing anything like crazy. It just kept on giving me electric shocks, and I'd be on a client call and then just go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just get me oh, and then I remember the, the IT gentleman was looking at me like god you're a weirdo like what have you been doing how is your laptop shocking yet and then I asked him the next week I was like did you find what was wrong and he went no <laughs> I think you were just static and I was like it got a bit <laughs> do you find that you quite often have people looking at you like that Liv oh my god yeah don't hear a funny story <laughs> go on okay so I was in the office. This was the day of the QBR, so this was a few Wednesdays ago. And uh, I said to the social girls, said to Miss Amy Cox, and I said to Chelsea, I was like, do you want some breakfast? I'll go and get some bagels from Iceland. They said, yes, yeah, go on then. And I went, all right. So I got straight from the car and started walking to Iceland. And I was walking walking down the road, and this man went, good morning. And I was like, good morning, you okay? Yeah. And I started walking off, and he was going, Bab! love and I was like oh I'm getting catcalled cool um jokes wasn't like that that's not how appropriate I was like oh. and um the man I went I turned around and I was like you're all right and he went your skirt's tucked in 
<laughs> and I was like, oh my God, how embarrassing. And the worst thing was, again, probably not HR appropriate to tell everyone, but I was wearing like Percy Pig pants. Um, so they were like horrible Bridget Jones granny pants with just like Percy Pigs dotted on them. And I was like, oh my God, I could have worn something a bit nicer for him to say, but no. Can I just say HR doesn't have a policy on what pants you wear to the office. We just ask that you wear pants. Okay, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll make a note of that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I do get a lot of people looking at me, like not even in like a, just just like a, for God's sake, what is she doing type of way. I feel like I could be in like a rom-com, rom-com, not a rom-com. You're the next Bridget Jones, like, aren't you, Liv? Let's be honest. I, yeah, I wish. I wish, <laughs> I love it. You had incidents at the Christmas party as well, didn't you, with other things? Yeah, so I raced down the corridor and fell over and gave myself cough and burn everywhere. I spoke to the CEO about how much I love DIY and invited myself around his house to do DIY in his house. <laughs> not even like a, not even like in a funny way, just like I was being genuinely serious. Um, yeah. That wasn't yeah. even the one I was thinking of. What, oh, oh <laughs> what are you thinking of, David? <laughs> what are you thinking of? When I took a photo and you were in your red dress oh and you were... Oh, my God, uh... and I looked pregnant. No! Oh, oh, no, okay, not that one. Um, I had a nip slip. <laughs> this was early on before we even had a <laughs> Yeah. To Look at fair. me trying to be all HR and not say it and just lead you there thinking, Liv will only have had one disastrous moment no. at the Christmas <laughs> do in April. Um, but no, you've just reeled off a whole shed load, but I'm not listening today, so... No, no it's it's all it's all good stuff though. It's not it's not like I uh, I don't know did something that crazy, but yeah, I've realised now I'm not actually like Bridget Jones. I'm just a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an absolute state. No comment. Uh, um, yeah, so moving to, on. <laughs> to follow on from that, not loose pants, but the previous question: How do you how do you bring culture and values to life, Debbie? It's pretty quite hard to do that when everyone's in an office never mind working from home so is there any practical things you've done that have, that have helped achieve that oh gosh all the things i've previously said <laughs> um gifts donuts food is a big driver at click through i've noticed employees are very led by sugar-based products cakes sweets biscuits donuts you put a message in a team's all staff that there's donuts or free pizza and i tell you what it's like a stampede um i think there's lots of things i think there's the real obvious ones and they are the, the visible things but i think the things that drive the culture are the trust that comes from colleagues, from managers, from people to know that they can come to HR, um, a trust that things get done and things get fixed. You know, IT, again, not exciting, but actually if your laptop is giving you electric shocks, being able to come to me and say, Debbie, can you sort this? And it gets sorted. Actually, that's a huge part of the culture. It's that, you know, it will get done. There's a challenge, it will be fixed. I think the language that we use is really important. So when we're talking and celebrating everything in the business, be it big, small, random, uh, which we're particularly good at, click through, that, you know, we celebrate everybody for everything that they do, be it somebody making a cup of tea for somebody who's just looking a bit sad, just needs a biscuit. You know, we have big debates about favourite biscuits at click through, uh, hobnobs, chocolate hobnobs always come out well but there's always a heated debate about a custard cream coming in at second and a random ginger nut being thrown in as well i think everything that we do is our culture um and there's just so many things that i thought before this podcast what to consider and i thought i don't think there's enough paper to write everything down on i think it's all of us it's the podcasts it's just everything that happens at click through and things that I can't even think of that other people would say. I was going to say, I think you've missed out two pretty big ones there. We've got the Values Awards. The wows and the high yeah, fives. Yeah, the high fives, the Values Awards. Like They're all trying to get people recognising and uh, recognising others for living the values, aren't they? But do people know what high fives and wows and Values Awards are? Probably not. Okay, <laughs> you can so tell them. We do... Um, 
We do employee nominated values awards uh, twice yearly for our four key values. Employees vote for their colleagues and the reasons they think they best demonstrate those values and the person with the most votes wins. Um, Chris gives a beautiful presentation at the QBR. That's probably one of the big things that we do. And then on a weekly basis, we work with a piece of software called 15.5. So you can talk about how you're feeling. Great portal for getting feedback and very useful from a HR perspective in terms of getting immediate responses on what people think of things. And you can give a high five in that. So great work on a client call, great leadership in a meeting, just being an all-round good person. Um, And then we have wows where we celebrate really phenomenal things that people have achieved for clients people who've really stepped up um and those quite often all have random things in as well um you know i once nominated myself for a wow because nobody else would (laughs) (laughs) i got nominated for a values award this time i was very excited i don't know who who, nominated you i don't know but whoever it is i'm very i'm very grateful but i'm not i'm not allowed to win they'll be getting a pay rise they will yeah (laughs) tell me who it is we'll look after them it was actually me all right you've got we've already touched on you really too much so we're all right sorry sorry about it um debbie i feel like you're probably like a hr legend so do you can can you sort of like tell a good culture within a company can you sort of like see it from the outside and if, have you got any sort of like beef with someone that's got a really really good culture that you want to sort of like try and replicate i think you can see culture from outside a business i think our clients can feel it from our employees from how they are on calls from how engaged they are the things that we're doing our social media um, our podcasts our webinars everything that we do externally shows our culture and other businesses that do the same you know are celebrated for that um what was the second part of your question Liv? Oh God! What's, what are some of the practical signs? Is it about signs? damaging the culture? No. What's what's oh. some of the practical signs you can see day to day? Or conversely, are there any like red flags that you might see in a business and think, do you know what? They might have a culture problem. Red flags is I think lots of senior people leaving. Mm because that suggests that there's something wrong at the heart of the business. Um, At the same, anybody where they don't stay there for long, you know, the two, three-monthers, we came, we didn't like it. Mm. Why did they come? Why did they move on? Um, I think you can read lots of stuff out in the world on Glassdoor and on Google. I think we all know that, you know, the vocal people are always the unhappy people. Where are the happy people mm. going? They're staying. So I think looking for things like long service awards, promotions, they're all signs of a positive culture because somebody's staying there. Mm. If it wasn't a great place to be, they wouldn't stay. Um, we've all seen case stories of all sorts of things happening. And I won't name names, but they're always interesting articles for me to read about what's happened. And you know, when you read that a CEO of a business has got private investigators looking into mm. ex-employees, that that's not a great culture. I need to read nothing else to know that if that's what the action is that they're taking. I know exactly what you're talking about. We share the articles of each yes. other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen? No. I'll tell you after. And just how important do you think culture is, Debbie? Do you think you could sacrifice um, someone that doesn't fit our cultural values if they're a really high performer, or is it, or is that a complete no go? Do you think it's a tricky one because sometimes people that cause turbulence do drive change. And change is a positive and sometimes does need to happen. And I think those people, sometimes what happens is you don't see the impact they're having across the business. If it's a negative impact um, immediately, I think sometimes people go, oh, this person's great. They're a high performer. I can't possibly challenge or query how they're behaving. But I think people should do. I think when you come into a business with an established culture, Um, if it's a good positive culture and suddenly somebody doesn't fit, they do start to stand out quite quickly. Mm. Um, I think it's a really tricky one because, you know, sometimes HR is the last person to know about these things. Um, You know, people may not be taking it to HR because if it's not a grievance or a disciplinary, then just a niggle about somebody may just go to managers. It's how do you collect that information from a number of managers. I think 
Results are important, but not if it costs you the rest of your staff. Mm. I thought of my other question, if you want it. It was, do you have any beef with another with another company because they have an amazing culture? Do I have a beef with them for having an amazing culture? Well, yeah, are you well, a bit no. like... No. Okay. No, I think <laughs> every company has its own culture and does what works for them. Um, there are some companies that I look at and I think they do phenomenal things and then I look at them and go, well, they've... They've got really deep pockets. Um, you know, they're huge businesses. Mm. Um, there are other companies that are huge businesses that do things that I think are subliminally manipulative to try and keep employees in their buildings and in their business. And they make it so that people perhaps can't afford to leave or that it's very hard to leave. I'd also mm. think that, that it's a false positive. Oh, look, it's great. We do all of this. But actually, you look at their employees and they're just running to the ground isn't really helpful. I think yeah. lots of businesses do great things. I'm always looking out for a great idea or something that I can go, oh, how could we make that a click through idea or scheme? But sometimes they're not right for us because of the business that we are and the people that we have, which is why employees putting in their ideas into our black box about things that they want social fund thank you olivia um <laughs> which you do have um is really important because you can put forward what matters to you your colleagues um but i don't think i've got beef with anybody um and i don't necessarily think there's any specific company i think the companies that are going greener, notice? i think the ones that are going greener and doing more eco stuff seem to be very popular at the moment um green cars recycling recycled clothes but you know it's not necessarily practical for our business but as a consumer i have a loyalty more to those brands sometimes because of the csr and what they're doing hmm. and how do you think companies should approach mental health like amongst their staff do you reckon it's more acceptable to speak about struggling in the modern day um because a lot of people don't still they still don't do that and they still have sort of like values where they don't talk about it i think it should be talked about all of the time i think it should be a safe place for people to talk um i think we do a huge amount here we've got our mental health first aider we do mental health awareness training we support mental health charities um and the big one i don't want to shout about another award is that we got nominated this year for another award this one is an alfie and this is for our culture and mental health support um and that was a complete surprise because we didn't know that that one was coming and that celebrates all the things that we did over covid as we came out of covid and it's really nice to be recognized externally but internally i think there's a lot of comms that we send out we talk about different types of mental health issues and they don't all have to be catastrophic mental health issues everybody is capable of having a bad day a day when something is really impacting them and they should know that there's a place to go a person to talk to and that we can signpost and support but ultimately it's always sad that we can't fix people but you can't fix people you can just guide them through a very difficult period in their life do everything you can to support them um whatever that may be we've had a couple of employees speak out very honestly in the past about struggles that they've been through and i think that demonstrates that it's a safe place that click through to talk about mental health and those sort of emails always make me cry because i just think to have the courage and stand up and talk about all that people are facing at a particular point takes real courage to be able to do that and it's part of their journey to recovery um i think yeah it should just always be talked about and are you able to spot, Debbie, when you think someone might be struggling? There are people that I can spot. Um, and then also sometimes people will come to me and go, Debbie, I've just got a call with so-and-so. Could you just do a check-in with them? So I sometimes mm. have it feeding from other people into me as well. 
So there are, because of the size of the business, I don't know everybody really well to be able to pick up the phone and check in with them on their mental health. That could be a little bit scary. But if it's not me, it might be giving some guidance to their manager. But I think you do notice there's lots of things that happen. It can be their scores on 15.5 are quite low. They've not got their camera on in meetings. Um, You know, they're not saying anything in meetings when normally they'd be quite vocal. Or they're just not engaged with things that historically they are. Um, or sometimes they'll just send the the classic, have you got five minutes? You know, that is always a really good sign that somebody needs to talk. There's lots of little things that you can notice and they're quite nuanced. Um, I think if you just know your teams and you look for those emotional cues and changes in people, you can pick most of them up um, asking people out for a coffee you know, do you want to grab a coffee? Do you want to take a walk? Do you want to have a quick Zoom? You know, now we can do things face to face. I think it does help. You know, I think being able to read body language was really hard over COVID. It's a lot easier when you see somebody physically presenting in front of you to see their demeanour, their engagement, how they are with other people. So that does make it easier, but it it can be done over Zoom, but it's much more challenging. Mm. I feel like we've gone into some pretty deep topics today on the podcast. So we'll we'll end on a couple of more positive ones, shall we? Um, You recently talked about a happiness high you'd had. Do you want to talk us through that and how other people might gain such a... Such a yeah, happiness this, high. Tell us about this it. This is a bit of a new one for me. I'd, I'd say I'm generally quite a happy person. I think, you know, on a scale, I sit quite high up. A few things knock me down. Um, but the other week, as well as Liv, um, I went and did the world's fastest zip wire in North Wales. So I went into a different country. Liv's been to London and Brighton. I went to sunny Wales and just had the most amazing weekend and really buzzing off it for quite a while. And I was looking back trying to work out what it was that made me so happy. And I think it was a number of ingredients, none of which I would necessarily have put all together. So it was um, being with family, being with friends, we've got some local friends who came to support me on my zip wiring adventure. The weather, it was the most glorious day, apparently one of the five hot sunny days that Wales has, so I'm reliably informed. Um, Doing something that I'd wanted to do for years, something a bit challenging, quite exciting, quite adrenaline filled, and also doing something good and giving something back. So we were raising money for a charity smile for joel i've not done anything like that before um and it's not all about the charity bit going back to smashy and nicey for old people listening to the podcast but that combination of just outside fresh air sunshine people doing something good giving something back it just was one of the most amazing times and it made me realize that you can have lots of things in your life that make you happy and they make you just mediocre happy and they tick you over. But suddenly, if everything falls into place, you just have this real happiness high. And you can't plan it, you can't schedule it, but you've just got to appreciate it when it's there. Um, and I think, yeah, happiness highs, they're, they're just great. And I think we need to stop and notice them. I think sometimes we miss the things in life that make us happy because they're not about money. They're not about finances. Family, friends, weather and charity and a bit of excitement seems to be mine. There we go. There's, there's your challenge for between now and the next podcast is uh, record a happiness high. To be fair, I think I was makes... on the same. Uh, uh, you've made that sound very, very absolute, like poetic. I... To be fair, what really sort of like oh, I'm trying to think of the word is it anti- antithesis? Is that the word? That's not the word, is it? No, I'm just going to say sums up because I'm not clever enough to say the word that I'm thinking. <laughs> um, 
we had a recording of the zip line, like, and we had like a GoPro on our head, like Francis Bourgeois style. And I remember seeing yours, Debbie, and you just look so poised all the way down, and you've just got this massive grin on your face. And I saw it, and I was like, oh, I want mine to come through. And then I saw mine, and I was dribbling everywhere, and I was like, right, okay. <laughs> just not it and I remember you sent it to the all staff chat and everyone was like amazing 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 and then I sent mine in and everyone just was like yeah cool <laughs> so I feel like oh, I don't know if but it wasn't as like like amazing as Debbie's I feel like you just really wasn't quite it wasn't quite as poetic no, oh, I just not. you were going to meow on the way down and I remember thinking there's going to be a recording of this I'm not having a recording of me meowing and I just wanted to take it all in because I started off fast and then went slow and realized that this was just the most amazing view and I could see for miles I'll never get that chance again to feel like I'm flying I just thought it was exceptional I could spend all day doing that actually I'd have been really happy happy just to keep going up in the red van and down back up back down but only on a really sunny day if that day had had rain and fog and sleet it just wouldn't have been the same wouldn't have quite been the same so maybe it was the weather that tipped it yeah cool my biggest priority was just go fast (laughs) just just beat everyone that i was going down with and i did so mission accomplished mission accomplished (laughs) well done thank you (laughs) Um, let, let's wrap up on some mild humour. Is there anything that you can tell us, obviously without naming names, that you've had to deal with in a HR capacity that you look back on and smile because it's been quite amusing? I've got one that I'll tell you after after you go first. Gosh. Debbie. Anything that's quite amusing. Oh, gosh. Um, hmm. Not that I can talk about. No. <laughs> But maybe you say I'll, I'll yours you and it might trigger a thought. Yeah, I'll tell you one. This is from a, a previous agency I worked for. Um, and you'll be pleased to know none of the people involved other than myself work here. So we were out with a client, right? And um, a lad that, that worked with me on the team was presenting. So he, he was on the big screen, like screen sharing. Um, and we were using the, the PowerPoint all fine. And we were talking about the client's website. And he's like, yeah, I'll just bring it up and we can look at it together. He opened up his browser. And I won't say the client's name, but they started with the letter R. So he typed in www.r. And then, you know, the autofill, like the suggestion yeah. on Google of all the sites you visited. It was just one particular <laughs> adult website. No. Absolutely filled it, yeah. And being typically British, we all saw it. None of us referenced it. He turned the brightest shade of red you've ever seen. We just carried on the meeting as if nothing had ever happened. But I guarantee you that our two female clients absolutely saw what his browsing history was. And he learned a lesson from that day that uh, you don't screen share unless you're 100% confident that... There's nothing dodgy yeah. on your screen computer. Yeah, ca- screen sharing is dangerous. I can think of lots of things, but I just wouldn't want to mention them in case anybody listened and went, Debbie, I can't believe you mentioned that about me. I'm hoping that they'd be too embarrassed. There's lots of things that crop up and lots of things that are really funny. Um, tales about Phil, our CEO as well, but, you know, it's just not appropriate to go there. No, let's probably, let's probably not mention any of the Phil stories on the podcast that he technically funds. <laughs> Um, right, I think I think we've virtually done going through the world of HR, aren't we? Liv, it's time for your random wrap-up question. Fantastic. So good luck, Debbie. Um, apologies, just as I'm just about to, you know, start going over some random stuff, a massive crane's just been delivered down the drive, so apologies if you can hear a crane being delivered, but, uh, yeah. So, question, it's obviously not HR appropriate because it's May. If there is a purge um, and you have the chance to kill one person but it's got to be a celebrity you can't say someone that works because i feel like that would be me um you can't say something you've got to kill a celebrity who just really gets on your nerves and then you've got to protect one for like the whole 12 hours who are you killing and who are you keeping i wish i'd had a bit of prep for this sorry about that <laughs> i mean we know who you're protecting debbie come on yeah, it's got to be will yeah. smith I know, but then then that takes us down a different HR road and some people would go, don't protect Will Smith. So I probably wouldn't protect Will Smith. I'll I'll find somebody else. Um, God, who would I kill? Gosh, Vladimir Putin. 
Nice. Uh, let's just deal with that problem. I know it'll create more problems, but I think I'm not convinced everybody in Russia is fully behind his actions. So I don't think he speaks for all of them. Um, who would I protect? I think I would protect Oprah Winfrey. Nice. I That's think, a very, very good answer. Uh, Oprah Winfrey I've I've watched and read and listened to all my life and I think she is a truly formidable woman and you know I think what she does and what she achieves with the exception of the Meghan and Harry interview um we'll take that one out I think she's quite an exceptional woman who's had a massive impact I'm going for living people obviously yeah no I like that it's a very good answer Chris, have you got any thoughts? You know, I don't really know many oh, celebrities, do gosh. I? So, <laughs> well, I don't know mine I'm, personally. I'm obviously, they're just people I see. I, I don't, I don't know of many celebrities. Is the problem? I'm going to bend the rules slightly. I'm going to kill off a character, okay. um, and I'm going to kill off Kate in This Is Us. I think that's what it's called, which my wife watches, and she's the most annoying, whiny character i've come across in anything i don't know if you've seen it but i'll get rid of her um might make it more watchable who am i going to protect i don't know anson deck nation's Yay! treasures why not i like i like them too they seem quite would nice you, would you also um, save yeah. let's get you, ready Liv? to rumble yeah oh yeah it's a banger of course so i'd save paulo gray day because he's okay. just a, he's just a star and i absolutely love him and to be fair, I talk about my purge list quite often because if I, like, if I watch something and they just really annoy me, I'll be like, yeah, you're on the purge list. And currently it is season one to four, Davina from Selling Sunset. I don't know if anyone watched Selling Sunset, but she's just this woman. She's absolutely annoying. And she like promised that she'd sell this £75 million house and then didn't do it and was like blaming it on the house instead of just her. But she was annoying. But yeah, she'd be on the purge list. <laughs> No idea who that is. When you said Davina, I thought you were going Davina. I'd probably get whatever. rid of her as well. I no, would probably get rid of her. Davina. She annoys me. I love her. The one who's the one with the fringe in her face? Claudia. Claudia I Winkleman. Love Claudia Winkleman. She'd be another protect. She's got, she's got nice hair, yeah. hasn't she? Anyway. That brings us to the end of the episode. I think that was really insightful. Thank you, Debbie. Um, if you agree, give us a positive rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, subscribe and follow us so you don't miss out on the next episode. And catch up with us on social media by simply searching Click Through Marketing. We'll be back next month and changes are afoot with how we do things on this podcast. But don't worry, the ramblings will still remain. See you all next time. Bye.